Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for tuning in today. In the beginning, God gave us the perfect prescription for a well-balanced marriage. Then came Satan, and the rest, as they say, is history. Be encouraged. God's word says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. God has always done his part. We need to get back to doing our part. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us. I'm so tired of debates. I don't know what to do. What else can they say? Love does not have ill motives or hidden agendas. 1 John 3, 18 says, My little children, this statesman, the beloved John, who's in the senior waning days of his life says, my little children. You say, why does he say my little children? Because he's speaking to the congregation at large as a spiritual father. So he says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in what? Truth. Only the truth will set you free. Let's, let's look at the third thing. The third thing that will nurture and, and build a Christ-centered marriage. Number three, if marriages are going to withstand the test of time and go the distant, then we must be mindful that 1 Corinthians 13, 7b says, love endures all things. You think marriage is easy. You got another thing coming. It's nothing easy about being married. Yeah, nothing easy about being married. If your marriage is going to withstand the test of time, there will be tests in your marriage. There will be trials in your marriage. If your marriage is going to go to distance, then you must realize that 1 Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians 13, 7b comes into play by saying, it says, love endures all things, all things, all things, all things is a lot of things. I'm going to call off a little of the list, but it's not comprehensive at all. Your love for God and each other are crucial if you're going to endure through trials and challenges. Listen at me, if you will. True, agape, selfless, sacrificial love is not based on your husband or wife's performance. You're going to get let down every time. They may be performing for you before you marry to impress you. But all that performance is going to go out the window once you say I do. Okay? Your marriage cannot be on the expectations you have for your spouse. I want them this size. I want them to be able to, to put all in the car, to take out the trash, to wash the dishes. That's right. Fill the gas tank up. Oh, no, y'all grunting all of that. 
Stop putting expectations on your spouse. If you're waiting, it's not based on fulfillment. You want your spouse to fulfill you. He, he or she will let you down because they're not perfect. They're prone to error. And even at their best, they're going to blow it. You're two imperfect people coming together in the union of holy matrimony. And you're not going to always get it right. Okay. You're going to blow it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to put your foot in your mouth and you're going to ask, why did I have to say that? Why didn't I keep my big mouth shut? A Christ-centered love endures through marital conflicts. How many have had conflicts in your marriage? Just raise your hand. You may tell me you've been married 30 years, not one fight. Some of y'all don't know how to fight. You're killing each other. We're living in a military town, and I, I told this I never forget. There was a couple way back in the other building. My office was so small back then, and uh, they were having marital difficulties, and I was in that little office, and my office didn't have a window. And all of a sudden, the wife found out something that the husband said that she didn't know. And she towed into him, and she jumped him. She pushed him through off the ring. And she jumped in my little self. I was smaller than this. And I was trying to get myself between two people who were in the military that were trained to fight. (laughs) Now, you know, when you get two people that's been trained to fight. And I don't know nothing about fighting. I was a peacemaker when I was growing up. It was a war zone. I took the ring and put it in my my draw, and I said, Lord, you've made me into a referee. Some of y'all killing up each other. That's not agape love. Marital conflicts. Uh, Love endures hurt. Your spouse will hurt you intentionally and a lot of times unintentionally. Afforded goals. Your husband or your wife told you, no, you shouldn't do this. And they said, don't buy this. You said, we need to buy it. And they win. And you, you mad. Afforded goals. Financial struggles. More divorces happen over financial issues. Health issues. Conflict with in-laws. They're all in your business. Won't let you breathe. The wife keep going home to mama. And daddy's still holding on to the apron string. Rebellious children in the marriage. Separation due to job commitments. That happens a lot in a military town such as we live in. When one goes to Germany or goes to a place where the family can't go. You have those kinds of issues. Or or you have a, a, a separation in job commitment when a husband or wife have to go to other states and other venues and they're gone a week. And that commitment have to keep you together even though you're not together all the time. Love endures through betrayal, addictions. One is a gambler. One is an alcoholic. Annoyances. Have your spouse ever got on your nerves? (laughs) You laughed that one off. (laughs) Negativity. Can't do anything. Just negative. Did you have to cook this this way? This is hard. This, This is tough, honey. This steak. Well, look, you cook it. You cook it. That's right. You don't know how to change a pamper. You help him change it. And don't be fussing while he's trying to learn. You're there to make up each other's differences. Don't be cocky in your teaching. Something your spouse don't know, help them learn it and realize 
that they are open to training. You know, you have to endure your marriage stress. Some of you spouses are stressing your husband out or you're stressing your wife out. They, they have a quiet stress. They won't even tell you they stressed. And uh, you raising the blood pressure of your spouse. And you have to endure through setbacks. Just when you think you've getting your feet on the ground, all of a sudden something unexpected happens and you're set back. Love endures all things as you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and live in hope. The only way your marriage is going to survive, you have to keep your eyes fixed on whom? Jesus. And he'll help you make it through the night, through your husband's or your wife's inadequacies, through misunderstandings, through your spouse's shortcomings. And that's why you say, oh, I just, he, he gets on my nerves when he does that. Well, uh, uh, she gets on my nerves and on and on it goes. And you, you want your husband in a certain mold. And why are you trying to put him in a mold? Won't you stop trying to be God in his or her life and ask God to change you? There's a marvelous book. I don't know if it's in print by Evelyn Christensen from yesteryear. It was entitled, Lord, Change Me. We want everybody else changed. The in-law changed. The aunt changed. Grandmama changed. The wife changed. The husband changed. But where is the change in you? Number four, to cultivate and nurture a Christ-centered marriage, number four, unity is essential for a healthy, harmonious marriage. Unity is essential for a healthy, harmonious marriage marriage. You cannot expect marital unity while seeking to promote yourself. Now, if you're trying to promote yourself, strategizing to get ahead, trying to get one up on your spouse, you're going to create chaos, tension, and strife. Love is not self-centered, but Christ-centered, which ushers in unity in the marriage. You say, where is that in the text? 1 Corinthians 13, 5b says, love does not seek its own. Right there. Philippians 2, 2 also says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being on one accord of one mind. Because marriage is a covenant relationship with God, every effort is to be made to preserve it for as long as we both shall live. As Pastor Rander is showing us in today's message, we must do our share to energize our marriage. Think well of each other. Prayerfully leave it to God to change what needs to be changed in our spouse. Be selfless, not selfish. Be humble toward each other. Forgive each other. Be determined to have a Christ-centered marriage and be filled with the Holy Spirit in all things. Unity is to be like-minded husband and wives on one accord with child rearing, on one accord in communication, one accord in finances, one accord in the issues of the marriage, to be in agreement, to be of one mind, of one purpose. Listen to me. Satan is a master strategist and is the author of confusion. If you have confusion in your marriage, it's because Satan's already in it. That's right. He is a master strategist, and he's planning right now to fall your marriage. He will tempt you to focus on the non-essential. Say non-essential. 
Some of you make mountains out of molehill. He'll tempt you to focus on the non-essentials and make mountains out of the smallest of things. Unity cannot prevail until you cease from demanding your own way. Some of you is hell in the house until you get it your way. You're self-centered. You're selfish. And it's, and it's really, really tough when somebody's been single for 30 years. You got two folk, never been married. A one's been married, now they're divorced, and they marry somebody who's never been married, and they've been doing it all their way, and now all of a sudden they wake up and they say, well, now who are you? Love does not demand its own way. You're wise indeed. Listen to this. If you pick your battles and pursue peace at all costs. Pick your battles, people. Hubby, pick your battle. Why pick your battle? Don't make everything an issue. Pursue peace at all costs. If you have a peaceful home, then it becomes a loving environment for ministry and edifying one another as well as your children. You know, these children are uh, ED and dysfunctional and they're putting labels on these kids at school. And, and they're, they're not this. A lot of them can can learn. It's just that the parents, the mom and daddy are ED. Y'all emotionally disturbed and you expect a child to do homework through cussing and name calling and not speaking. And, and then the child get a label ED. The parents are ED. You need to label. You dysfunctional. That's why the child is in a hot mess. They're nervous. They come home there. What's it going to be this time? They're shaking. They got the jitteries. Then you want to put them on some medication. Talking about their ADD and everything else. All these other alphabets I can't call. Number five. Why y'all laughing? (laughs) Number five. You're going to build a Christ-centered marriage, nurture You need need to realize this. Humility is vital for nurturing a healthy marriage. Humility is what? Vital for nurturing a healthy marriage. First Corinthians 13, five says love does not behave rudely. Let's say it together. Love does not behave rudely. Let's say it two more times. If you you happen to be sitting next to your wife. Look at her and say it in her eye. Here's her eye. Now, if not your wife, don't you look at her. Now, say it it with me. Love does not behave rudely. Thank you. Now, if you need to keep looking at each other, keep on. Some of y'all haven't looked at each other in so long. (laughs) He said, I'm not rude. Well, let's check you out. To be rude is to be harsh. But you won't. No. Don't ask me that anymore. What's wrong with you? Offensive. In public, you're embarrassing your spouse. Public embarrassment. And you you become the talk of the marketplace. Let me tell you something, by the way. Don't text your business in your house to other folk. I don't. Don't cut your spouse down to your friends, to other people. Don't be emailing what's happening in your house. What happens at the Draper's house stays at the Draper's house. You be telling your friends that and you act a fool and let them go and you look around. Your friend got them. 
You done talked yourself out of a blessing. You know, I, I was down in Cabo, relaxing with my wife. Let me hear him say that. And uh, so I was, I was in the spa, and I was sitting next to these white, white gentlemen, and, you know, I'm always strapped up a subject. I say, how you doing? And they say, how you doing? And I say, how are you? We both had our feet in the water, and I had my robe on. The guys had their robe on. We were sitting back and just chilling out. And I said, well, who are you? You know, talk. And um, I said, you married? He said, yeah, I'm on my third one. I said, what? Your third one? He said, yeah, I divorced my first wife after a number of years. Then I married this. And then I told my friend to marry my first wife. And he married her. And I went on and married somebody else. I said, this is, I said, you're raising my stress. I want you to say. <laughs> I didn't tell him I was a preacher. You know, if you don't tell him you're a preacher or you're a pastor or you're a Christian, I didn't make no announcements on myself because I want him to keep talking. I'm a Christian. I'm pastor. Ah! Keep talking. Don't shut them down. Let them talk. Now I'm on my third wife and we having problems. And I gave my friend my first wife and she, and she took him up on it and they got married. And their marriage is better than my third one. And he said, you know what? I wish to God I had to kill. Here you go. My first one. I'm about to help him. And then they call him so he can go get treatments. I said, what did I just hear? Let me say, don't you know, man, it's cheaper to keep them? Now, I think somebody sung that a long time ago. It's going to cost you to give it up. Yes, it is. Alimony, child support, and benefits, spousal benefits. They got new stuff coming out. <laughs> Some states, they take it all. Oh, my goodness. And you think the grass is green. Oh, she cuter. He handsome. And all of a sudden. Oh, by the way, wife, fix yourself up at home and don't get so common. If, do, do yourself up. I mean, your husband ain't working around all these pretty women all day long and you still walking around in your robe. Get it off. Put some eyelids on and decorate. Put, take off the house shoes. Put some lipstick on and smile. He's been working around all these pretty women. <laughs> and then you wonder why he's unfaithful. <laughs> and time you and you go jump and act a fool and you go across the fence because it's greener, and you find out you're not even on grass, you on artificial turf. Everything that glitters isn't. Oh, y'all, oh, y'all helping me out. Everything that glitters is not gold. Ooh, look, that's a marine. I heard a rattlesnake over there. It's, it's ringing. Hello. <laughs> not embarrassing. Not disrespectful. Love is not rude. That means it's not insulting. Not sarcastic. Some of y'all got smart mouths. Oh, you got your tongue is razor sharp. Before your husband get what you you cut him fifteen times. He's bleeding all over the place before he can say the. You know you women can out talk men. You know very seldom a man can out talk a woman. You know women can out think men. They thinking before we can open them out. Open our mouths. Let me let me just show you. It is impossible. Say impossible. It is impossible to be humble and rude at the same time. 
Impossible. Humility is freedom from pride. Humility is freedom from arrogance. Humility is to be is to be lowly of mind. It is to be meekness. Humility is is embodied in gentleness. And, and it is to, humility is to possess a deep sense of one's own unworthiness in the sight of God. In other words, a humble person does not possess a judgmental spirit. A humble person is submissive to his wife or husband. A humble person extends grace when there should be a beat down. A humble person is compassionate. A humble person is sensitive to the needs of others, and they are not rude. Some of you, you walk around, you get mad, and when you don't get it your way, you you silent for two weeks. You only talk when you got to talk over there. Dope. Come on. Let's go. Two words, three words. I don't know. You get short. But people are, hey, Sister John, oh, God, didn't we have a good time? Some of you treat members in the church better than you do your husband at home or your wife at home. You can talk pleasant. Your voice is high-pitched, and you're so loving and so charismatic and so personal. You forgot the salt again. The garbage man is gone. It's stinking up the garbage, the house. Oh, y'all got quiet then. <laughs> First Peter 5, 5, B says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be, I love this, and be clothed with humility. I mean, be dressed up in it. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. When your marriage is clothed in humility, rudeness will dissipate. Did you get that? When your marriage is clothed in humility, rudeness will dissipate. Number six, come on, we'll be done. A Christ-centered marriage is nurtured through healthy communication. Say communication. Now, communication is the heart, is at the heart of a strong marriage. When communication breaks down or erodes, usually there are provocative statements made through words and actions when, when, when communication breaks down. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13, 5b, love is not provoked. To provoke is to harass. It is to irritate. It is to incite which is to be inflammatory, which is to carry around matches and a can of gasoline and pour it on that relationship and it explodes. Some of you keep your matches in your pocket. Can't stand peace. You ready to strike a fire. To provoke is to agitate. And then when you get too agitated, then you start name calling. You so-and-so, you so-and-so. And some of y'all send some four-letter and ugly words. All, some of you, all the cussing is not out your mouth. You say your soul is saved, but your mouth is somewhere behind. Name calling. You slow. Can't do nothing. No good thinker. Sometimes you're not cussing them out, but you, you, sometimes they feel like they've been cussed out, which has no place in the marriage. 
Husbands and wives shouldn't retaliate in their actions or words or get angry when others says or does something that displeases or prevents them from having their own way. Communication also breaks down when there is an inability to be quiet. When your spouse is speaking, just be quiet and earnestly listen from the heart to what your spouse is saying. Now, the flip side of that. When you try to be quiet, sometimes you spouse, you go on 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and the man, poor man can't get a word in, and he's he forgotten what the subject is by the time you stop talking. I mean, take a breath and say, now you may speak. Don't say, well, let me talk, but you won't stop. And then you start repeating yourself as if they're hard of learning, the hard, hard of learning and hearing. So they need to listen from the heart, but at some point, don't make it a theological treatise. Instead, and some of you ladies and men, you are thinking, you're not listening. Here's what you're doing. You're thinking of what you're going to say in response while the other person is still speaking. You haven't heard a thing because you're loading up your comeback statements. You haven't heard a word that lady said. You haven't heard a word that man said. Because you load. Oh, I can't wait till he shut up. And you just load up. I mean, you, you're at, your, your arsenal is full. Haven't heard a word he said because you loading up. The scripture said, let me give you some scriptures for you loading uppers. It's in the Bible if you haven't torn the page out. When, while you loading up, remember this. Proverbs 18, 13 says, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and and shame to him. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. 